Hey, and welcome back to another episode of the Ultimate WordPress Guide podcast. I'm your host, Peter Schoenfeld, and thanks for tuning in. If you haven't done so already, subscribe to our podcast on Apple and Spotify. Check out our website at ultimatewpguide.com, our YouTube channel, The Ultimate WordPress Guide, and follow us on social media for tips, tricks, reviews, and great resources on everything WordPress. Now, I really appreciate all of you tuning into the show and would appreciate even more if you could show some love by donating to this podcast. Your kind donations help me keep this resource alive by continuing to deliver great quality content to help you learn WordPress. Please leave us a donation and or a review of this podcast and you may just get shouted out in the next episode. You can find the link to donate on the podcast player or in the show notes. This episode is a continuation in our search engine optimization series, the third episode in a series of nine. Back in episode four, I talked briefly about SEO and gave an overview of each of the pillars that make up a solid SEO strategy. Now, if you're not caught up, I suggest you go and listen to that first. It'll give you a good idea of where we are going with this series, and it's only about 12 minutes long. After that, I published the episode on SEO fundamentals, so go and listen to episode six, and that's essentially where you want to start. In this episode, I'll talk about the second pillar, which is SEO for user experience. Think of the partnership of SEO and UX this way. SEO targets search engines and UX targets your website visitors. Both share the same goal, providing your visitors the best experience possible. Now you may not initially think so, but UX has a direct and very powerful impact on your SEO rankings through the various metrics that search engines use to track user engagement. It considers things like URL structure, mobile responsiveness, web accessibility, usability, readability, page speed, and so on. It's all about ensuring your website is designed and structured in such a way to ensure the best user experience. So let's dig into each of these components in a bit more detail, and throughout each of the sections, I'll be giving you some details about each of the components, what they are, how regularly you need to perform or check them, as well as some tools you can use to help you along the way. So let's start with URL structure. And you may have heard about the term permalinks. These are the permanent URLs of your posts and pages on your WordPress site. Essentially, every piece of content you create has one. Now you can imagine, if you have a lot of content, you could potentially have hundreds, if not thousands of these. And this is why it's crucial to ensure that these are structured, short, and clean. WordPress has a number of built-in configurations of how your permalinks can be displayed And depending on the type of content you produce, you'll want to select the correct structure accordingly. Now, if you have a post or a page that has a long title, WordPress will automatically consider a hyphenated version of that title as your URL since URLs can't have any spaces. Though it's all good and well, you'll end up with a URL in some cases of half a mile long, which is not ideal. You'll want to take that URL and clean it up to still maintain the relevance of your post or page but to be a lot shorter and more concise. This is of course an activity that you'll need to execute every time you create a new piece of content. It's an easy piece of work and I suggest you start getting into the habit right from the start. WordPress of course, as I mentioned, has this built in, but SEO plugins like Rank Math, All-in-One SEO and Yoast SEO has its own configurations to help you set up and refine what these structures need to look like. Next up then is mobile friendliness. Now you may have heard this a thousand times before, and that's because it's true. Yes, a large majority of visitors may still visit your website from a desktop, but the reality is 
They now have a computer in the palm of their hand which makes it a lot easier to access your website from anywhere. Your site will be at their fingertips, so to speak. And let's be honest, some people have big fingers on a small screen. And this is also one of the things you'll need to consider when designing a mobile site. But before we get to that, you have to start somewhere. To understand what you need to correct and improve, you'll first need to understand where you are. You need to put your site through a Google mobile friendliness test. This is a minimum requirement. If your site doesn't pass, you'll have some work to do. Google is nice enough though in this regard and will give you advice on what improvements you need to make to ensure you can pass this test. Google has shifted to a mobile first index which essentially means that priority is given to mobile friendly sites. And sites that do not meet the requirements will be penalized and downgraded and believe me, you don't want this. So this is something you want to perform regularly to ensure your site keeps meeting the criteria. Now let's look at some of the best practices when designing a mobile friendly website. So think of it this way, a user should be able to navigate your website easily from their mobile with one hand. That's not the defining criteria, but a good place to start. Make your navigation intuitive. It needs to be clearly visible and easily accessible. Focus on the experience of the users. Think through what your ideal visitor would be coming to your site for and ensure the workflow to access content meets that requirement. Don't put links or buttons too close together or too small to click for that matter. Remember big fingers. Make your content big enough to read so users don't have to pinch to zoom. Mobile friendliness is all about ease of use. Make sure you follow good practices and standards. Google Search Console will also provide you with reports if your site has mobile usability issues. Rectify them as soon as possible. There are a number of tools that you can use to test your site for mobile friendliness. Among these are the Google Mobile Friendliness Test, Bing Mobile Friendliness Test, MobiReady, Small SEO Tools and RankWatch. Next then we have website loading time and performance. Needless to say that this should be the underpinning criteria for your entire SEO strategy. If your site loads slow and performance is poor, you will have struggles meeting best practice SEO. These checks should be performed regularly and your findings should be applied ASAP to ensure that your site is always loading fast. For this you can use tools like Google PageSpeed Insights, GT Metrics, Pingdom, WebPageTest, Uptrends, Site24x7, just to name a few. Now there's a ton of criteria that constitutes to good or bad performance. Applying good design practices and using a good performance plugin for your site such as WP Rocket, NitroPack, WP Fastest Cache, WP Supercache, W3 Total Cache, SiteGround Optimizer, Auto Optimize, just to name a few, will help you with things like compression, minification of HTML, CSS and JavaScript, reduction of redirects, removal of render blocking JavaScript, use of the sites and browser caching, improving of server response times, optimization of media and much more. So next, let's look at your 404 page. While there's still a lot of thought and discussion surrounding how you should handle 404 er errors and their impact on SEO, the fact remains that 404 errors are nearly unavoidable. This page lets your visitor know when there is an error with their request. Perhaps the URL was mistyped or your permalink is wrong or the content they're looking for is no longer available or doesn't exist at all. An effective 404 page recognizes such an error and guides the visitors back to relevant pages on your site without leaving them hanging and ultimately 
leaving your site. Now WordPress knows how to handle these 404 errors and as long as you have a 404 page designed, visitors will be taken there. Most page builders have templates for these pre-installed that you can copy and customize to suit the design of your website. Again, an emphasis here on the importance of a good URL structure. Ensure it is clean and simple. Check for mistakes before publishing content so your visitors won't be redirected. Too many of these errors and you won't see visitors coming back very soon. RankMath is the most powerful way to get the best WordPress SEO tools added to your site. Download it today for free or choose a pro plan from as little as $59 per year. That's less than $5 per month. Go check out the link in the show notes. With an easy to follow setup wizard, clean and simple user interface, content AI, built-in advanced SEO analytics, Google index status, Google Analytics 4 integration, rank tracking, advanced schema generation, custom schema building, schema markup validation, knowledge graph meta, keyword comparison and Google Trends tools, XML markup, automated image SEO, local SEO optimization, WooCommerce and easy digital downloads SEO, advanced bulk edit options, SEO reports, client management, social media meta cards, search engine verification tools, redirection management, Gutenberg and Elementor SEO, podcast SEO, detailed documentation, and 24-7-365 support. This is the only WordPress solution you'll ever need. Now back to the show. Next up then is search. And I'm sure you've all been on some websites where you were looking for information and found it extremely challenging or near impossible to find what you were looking for. I know I have. Creating easy and intuitive search on your website is a key ingredient to creating a user-friendly website. To enable you to build a good search capability on your site would involve ensuring first and foremost that your content is well-structured. As I've mentioned earlier, URLs should be clean, data should be structured well, make use of tags and taxonomies, strong logical keywords, etc. Now building a great search on your site of course shouldn't be difficult if you have followed all the tips we've shared about user friendliness. Page builders and their add-ons have some great tools and widgets for creating simplistic yet powerful search on your site. Now let's look at readability, accessibility and usability. Though these sound very similar, but they have some distinct characteristics and all are critical to ensuring a great user experience. So let's start then with readability. It's the measure of how easy it is for visitors to read and understand the text on your site. Readability depends on the text presentation, for example, choice of font, spacing, colors, etc. And of course, the context of what you wrote. It should go without saying then, that in the context of SEO, that a highly readable site is more likely to convert visitors than a site with poor readability. Readability is important because visitors come to your site for information, and it's important that you allow them to find it easily without too much mental strain, period. A few tips for making your content more readable are use of larger fonts. This makes it optimal for online readers, especially on smaller mobile devices. Choosing adequate line height, using appropriate color contrast between your background and your text colors, writing more scannable content, using short sentences, short paragraphs and bullets as opposed to longer complex, difficult to read segments of text. Use simple language and use language that your visitors can relate with. 
These are just a few, but you can get where I'm going with this. On to accessibility. You have to also consider that people with certain disabilities should also be able to use your site. Studies have revealed that more than 1 billion people on the planet have some sort of disability. So people need to be able to perceive, understand, navigate and interact with the web seamlessly. Accessibility encompasses disabilities like auditory, cognitive, neurological, physical, speech and verbal. But it also plays a big part in terms of social inclusion as well, such as older people, people in rural areas or developing countries. Accessibility should be built into the web development and design process, rather than trying to retrofit it as an afterthought. A few examples of designing for accessibility includes good alt text for images, keyboard functionality for visitors struggling to use a mouse, and transcripts for audio and video for the hearing impaired. This last one is particularly helpful if you're hosting videos or podcast content on your site. Avoid too much flashing or autoplaying content. Again, back to readability. Make your content easy to read and so on. You get the idea. Last but then not least is usability. Keep things simple. It not only makes for easier goal achievement for your visitors, but also leads to higher conversion rates. This includes a well-designed user interface. You must design your UI with the target audience in mind. You have to ensure that your website is visualized similarly across different devices and browsers. Navigation usability. I've mentioned this before. Poor navigation will always remain one of the top reasons why visitors leave a website. So pay close attention to where you place navigation elements, how you name them, how easy it is to distinguish between different levels of navigation. Empathize and understand how your visitors will navigate through your site and remember that the way you view your navigational structure is generally not the same as your visitor sees it. Search, again, I've talked about this already but again important to mention here, make your content easy to find and provide your visitors an easy and intuitive way to do so. If we look at content usability, carefully balance graphics and textual content combinations. Your content should be clear, concise and well formatted. Don't clutter your content. Back to what I mentioned earlier about appropriate spacing and placement etc. Use media to support textual content, add images and videos where relevant and possible. And always remember to put yourself in your visitor's shoes before taking decisions related to your website. And lastly, I want to mention the use of heat maps. Heat maps are used to analyze your visitor's behavior and determine if you're on the right track or need to make adjustments to your UI and or your content. Heat maps give you a color-coded representation of the elements or areas on your site that gets the most or the least interaction. Depending then on where you want your users' focus to be, adjust accordingly to ensure they consume what they need more easily. And this pretty much covers the part on SEO for user experience. I've put a few links in the show notes to references and tools that you can explore to help you make informed decisions about designing your site for great user experience. So stay tuned for future episodes in this series We'll go further into SEO for performance, technical on-page, off-page and content-specific SEO. And please engage with us, leave a review, let me know what you think and how this may or may not be helping you along your SEO journey. Thanks again for listening and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple and Spotify. Check out our website at ultimatewpguy.com. Follow us on YouTube and social media for tips, tricks, reviews and great resources on everything WordPress.
And if this resource is helping you in any way, we would appreciate your support to keep it alive. You can donate to this show, no matter how big or small, any contribution to help us cover costs to keep the podcast on the air and ensure I can keep sharing and you can keep learning. Until next time, bye for now.